This podcast is not legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances. Hello and welcome to Smarter Lawcast with Hall and Wilcox. My name is Mark Dunphy and I'm a partner at Hall and Wilcox. In this season, we're looking at what you need to do if you want to set up a company in Australia. We've heard from our colleagues about the various considerations for doing business in Australia and have talked about how to enter the market, i.e. how to set up a business structure. We've talked about the visa and employment considerations. We've talked about the Foreign Investment Review Board and tax regulatory requirements and also Australia's dispute resolution process. Of course, entities who are looking to set up in Australia or even wanting to do trade with Australia inevitably have to grapple with the increasing compliance requirements imposed by customs and trade authorities. We're joined today by my colleague and special counsel, Jackie McGrath, who's a tax and customs specialist at Hall & Wilcox, who's going to talk us through some of these customs compliance obligations for companies looking to do trade in Australia. Jackie, to kick things off, even if a business doesn't want to set up or establish a physical presence in Australia, but wants to trade in Australia, importing goods or services from offshore, they'll need to consider customs and other requirements. I'm sure many will be familiar with the concept of customs and how it operates here, but could you talk us through at a high level, any particular Australian customs requirements, please? Sure, thanks, Mark. Uh, so yes, you know, customs is one of the areas that a lot of businesses uh, in the global market are probably familiar with. Uh, but there are a couple of, of things, I guess, to note in Australia for businesses, uh, you know, either wanting to set up a, a permanent establishment or distributor in Australia and who'll be importing their goods or services um, from offshore as, as part of that. Um, but even if you're already an established business but are wanting to import your goods uh, for selling to the Australian market, really both scenarios need to consider customs obligations. Um, so just as a, a starting point or first principles, if you like, most goods that are brought in, um, there are a few exceptions like low value goods under $1,000, but generally the thing to know about Australian customs requirements is that all goods being brought in must be reported to the Australian Border Force, which is the customs authority here in Australia. And I still refer to them as customs, but it's it's technically now the Australian Border Force or ABF. So every single time you import must be reported. Um, this you know, isn't necessarily the same as in other countries. I know many um, who require businesses to have a licensed import. So they actually apply to have an import license and that gives you, or that gives them sort of ongoing approval, if you like, to, to bring goods in. There's, you know, certain goods here, as you could well imagine, that require permits such as dangerous goods, pharmaceuticals, defence technology, and those require permits. But Australia doesn't operate an import licensing scheme, if you like, that people might be familiar with um, in other countries. But the catch, if you like, is that even uh, if a permit isn't required, you still need to report your goods every single time coming into Australia to customs. Um, now, for businesses looking to do regular trade with Australia, you'll need to set yourself up usually with a customs broker who does the reporting for you. And the reporting that I'm talking about is what's called an import declaration. Now, the Border Force keep a record of licensed brokers. So you can look at 
on their website and you know and confirm who's licensed but generally businesses as I said who are looking to do a lot of trade in Australia a decent volume you'll want to organize a customs broker you can complete import declarations yourself um, but they must be completed and um, submitted to customs um, before your goods arrive in Australia I guess the, the import declaration serves two purposes obviously it notifies the goods that are coming in um, but it also declares how much, if any, customs duty that's payable based on the value of those goods. Um, generally in Australia, and it is a very general statement, um, but our duty rate, or it's sometimes called a tariff rate, is between 5 to 10% of the customs value of your goods. So you pay duty, which is a tax essentially, of 5 to 10% of that value. Um, there's obvious exceptions to that, but that's really just to, to give you an idea. Um, I guess the thing that might be different um, or uh, things for businesses to keep in mind with trade to Australia, um, that there are certain tariff concessions that can reduce customs duty to zero in some cases. There's a few reasons why that you might be entitled to a concession, so you won't need to pay or you'll be entitled to some sort of reduction in duty. Um, the most common one that probably everyone's familiar with is Australia's entered into um, as you're no doubt aware, into a number of free trade agreements with different trading partners with Australia. So businesses looking to market their goods in Australia should really check that they're applying any exemptions or duty savings that are usually, you know, key parts of, of free trade agreements. But there's other reasons too. So if your goods are not produced or manufactured in Australia, you may be entitled to apply for a duty uh, concession on that basis too. So, yeah, I guess to, to sum up the key things to, you know, keep in mind about Australian customs is that there isn't a, uh, an overarching um, import licence scheme. Uh, you need to consider permits for every import and you need to set up to report to customs, at, you know, every single item that comes across the border. Great. Okay, thank you. I'm interested in trends or recent customs issues businesses need to be aware of, Jackie, particularly... Um, relating to the current sort of global supply chain issues that are that are happening and whether that is impacting on the Australian government approach. Mm, yes, I guess um, perhaps similar to, to uh, many customs regulators around the world, um, the Australian Customs Authority is, is really having to grapple with, um, you know, very complex and often opaque supply chains um, you know, uh, balancing the need to protect Australian industry, um, but encouraging competition at the same time. Um, obviously, the volatility in supply chain security, trade liberalisation, um, technology, these are all factors putting a lot of pressure on the regulator. But, um, you know, I appreciate those aren't necessarily unique to Australia. But I think these issues probably inform um, when looking at what the focus for the Australian Customs or Border Force is and, we'll, and, and what it will be like in the future. Um, if you have a look at the last annual report published by Border for uh, the Australian Border Force, and I need to um, remind myself of the, um, the stats here, but for the year ended June 2021, which is the most recent one, um, the ABF identified about um, 119 million um, of revenue loss as a result of their compliance activities. And that's a jump of about 36% to the year before. Um, and this duty loss was identified through Australian Customs doing their sort of review and audit activity. 
Um, and the, the ABF have said that they've increased the use of real-time assessments while the goods are still held at the border or in transit. So what's this really telling us? I think that there can be a number of reasons driving the significant uptick in customs activity to recover underpaid duty and things importers should be, you know, quite mindful of. Uh, you know, things like making sure you or your customs broker are assigning the correct tariff code for the goods. Um, a, a tariff code is, is just a, a unique number that describes the good and that number is also linked to the duty rate. So some goods, depending on the unique code, could be 0% duty or they could be um, 10%. So it's, it's imperative that you get that right. And especially for, for high volume, you know, businesses who are regularly bringing their goods to Australia, um, customs brokers can be doing thousands of these a day. So, so errors just simply happen. But the other area that Australian regulators look at closely and where problems arise with um, underpaid duties is where the customs value on the import deck um, is incorrect. So again, businesses need to be getting professional advice about how to value the goods because there is a really specific method for valuations for Australian customs purposes. And it's you know, just um, really not as, as simple as the invoice priced for the goods. What about with the um, supply chain issues that are happening globally at the moment, Jackie, have um, Australians customs or border force taken a more lenient approach um, at all or a quicker approach or is it just business as usual as far as they're concerned? Uh, look, I think they are because there there is obviously a lot of economic pressure at the moment. I think there is... Uh, no doubt um, attempts by the, um, the regulator to, to facilitate trade as much as possible because of the pressures on businesses. But I, I suspect that, um, you know, the Australian Customs in particular is, you know, they, they are increasing their um, compliance activity. They just simply need to. The volume is increasing in trade. Things are, are coming across the border at greater volumes than they have in the past. And it's, and it's really just a numbers game. They do need to, to undertake their um, compliance activity there. So I think um, whilst they're doing their best, it is just a, a matter of there is increasing numbers and they need to, to monitor that fairly closely. Okay. So in the course of your practice, Jackie, you get called on to advise clients about issues that they may have with, uh, with Border Force and, uh, and bringing goods into Australia. When you're first discussing things with a client wanting to bring things into Australia, what do you think are the immediate areas of focus they should be thinking about when they want to trade their goods in Australia? There's a, a few things. I think generally the key messages are first making sure that you have you know, any permits for the goods that you're importing. And um, the ABF website, as I mentioned, is a good resource um, for what permits may be needed depending on, on what the business's goods are. So definitely looking at that. Um, second, um, assuming you are importing, obviously making sure that you're declaring the goods using the right tariffs, um, but that's something that many will be familiar with. But third, and I think this is really critical for businesses doing uh, repeat trade into Australia that regardless of whether the goods are, are dutiable and um, I, I mentioned just just before there could be reasons why you might not need to necessarily pay duty tax but you you still need to report the value of your goods and uh, errors in the import declarations about the valuations are resulting in significant penalties being issued by the Australian Border Force 
um, for false statements on those on those declarations. And we are seeing a significant uptick, as I'm as I mentioned, with compliance activities in Australia. So a key takeaway is for Australian customs purposes, making sure you obtain advice about customs valuations of your goods um, is, is critical. It's certainly not a, um, a set and forget type thing. It needs to be monitored by business. As I mentioned, the, the customs value of the goods is not um, as simple as looking at the invoice and telling the Australian authority about that amount. Just to give uh, perhaps a little bit of further explanation, um, the Australian customs legislation have really particular rules about amounts that may need to be added to the price of goods to determine the customs value. And that's what's um, that's what businesses need to declare to customs. So, um, you know, it isn't as simple as the invoice necessarily. There's adjustments um, required in Australia, add-ons, if you like. Um, and these amounts could be things like changes to the price, for example, for the making of transfer pricing adjustments. So transfer pricing is well known in the tax world and many global businesses will be well across that concept. But basically transfer pricing rules essentially are about when related parties are dealing with each other. Um, so they're selling goods to local subsidiary in one country and they're selling their goods or distributing their goods at arm's length prices. So essentially not more or not less than what a third party would be expected to pay for them. That's what they need to, to reach. Now, these arm's length assessments are influenced by a number of factors and that needs to be a whole other podcast. But I think businesses who are looking to sell to a local related distributor, if you're setting up a subsidiary in Australia to distribute their goods to the market here, really need to consider transfer pricing. But also if there are any transfer pricing adjustments um, that need to be made, they need to be equally put um, that adjustment in their reporting and declaration to customs. And there is, we, we do know there is a lot of information sharing between the regulators, between the Australian Taxation Office and the Australian Border Force. So they are comparing reports and making sure that they both, you know, are comparable. Um, the other things that can impact customs valuations, um, are commissions, um, adjustments to the price may also need to be made for royalties or licence fees. So in, in summary, that would be my uh, key takeaway or message for businesses wanting to do trade in Australia. There's a lot of complexity in making sure that you make the correct disclosures to Australian customs, not just about the goods themselves, um, applying the correct tariff, but really getting the customs valuations correct and thinking about any post-import adjustments that may need to be made to, to things that you've already told customs about. And I I personally think that that's a really significant issue for businesses and it's a key target area for the regulator in Australia. Um, and, and we, you know, we, we are seeing it. There, there are significant penalties for false and misleading statements about how you're declaring the value of goods, um, even if there is an error that doesn't result in, in duty loss, but it's, it's a false statement. So, yes, I think... Um, to answer the question about the focus area, it would be it would be that. And you mentioned there, um, Jackie, about penalties for not getting it right. Um, what sort of stick does Border Force have with regard to businesses that get it wrong, either deliberately or inadvertently? Yeah, so false statements on uh, import declarations can attract um, different treatment. Um, they can be dealt with through... Uh, civil penalties, they call it the infringement notice scheme here, um, or there are certainly um, criminal sanctions. But just to give um, a very high level 
um, idea. If it's dealt with through an infringement notice, um, the penalty depends on whether the false statement gives rise to um, a duty shortfall. If there is a um, duty shortfall, um, so like I mentioned before, if you put the wrong tariff code um, that you know, has a zero duty, but it turns out that the goods should have fallen within another code that does attract duty, then uh, the penalty, um, again, if dealt with under the infringement notice scheme, um, is either 75% of the duty shortfall. So you need to pay the duty plus the penalty, um, which is pegged at 75% of the shortfall. So that can be, you know, obviously quite um, significant. Um, but if the mistake on the import deck um, doesn't result in a duty shortfall, um, then you're looking at about uh, $10,000 for a corporate entity. And it's um, that amount is, is pegged to um, what's called the Commonwealth penalty unit. So it can change as the penalty unit increases, which is usually every year. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it can be um, issued for each false statement. So again, if, you know, if doing thousands of these, because keeping in mind, you have to report every single time you bring goods across the border, um, the penalty can, can obviously multiply and, and be quite steep. Um, but if it's not dealt with under the infringement notice scheme, then uh, customs do have the power to bring um, criminal sanctions for false statements, which um, you know, usually um, result in much higher monetary sanctions through the court system. So, um, yes, there are, are quite big sticks here in Australia to make sure that um, importers are getting it right. And Jackie, on a global basis, you've described the Australian system as being quite nuanced and the penalties for not getting it right um, quite significant. Is the Australian system of doing this quite similar to most Western countries, um, at least, or is the Australian system quite unique? I think, um, you know, in terms of the uh, level of penalties, I think it's it's much more significant here in Australia. I think the um, I think we're seeing a lot more compliance activity um, by the Australian regulators compared to offshore, and there's a lot of data around that through the OECD. Uh, through their reporting as well. So we are seeing, seeing that. So I think that that's probably a much more significant issue here in Australia that businesses should be aware of. Great. Well, thank you very much, Jackie, for, um, for your thoughts uh, and uh, passing on that very valuable information for businesses uh, wanting to trade um, in Australia. To those who have listened, thank you very much for listening to the final of our series about doing business in Australia. We trust that you found the information useful. Uh, and please reach out to Jackie or me or any of our team if you have any questions. You can find further details on our website, paulandwilcox.com.au, or you can connect with us on LinkedIn. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review and follow our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and you can subscribe on our website to be notified of new episodes. Thanks very much.